The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Blessed are you. <laughs> Blessed are you. It was only a few weeks ago we did Psalm 2. And we saw how blessed we are. We saw how blessed we are to know God's Messiah, even though there are enemies to our faith. Blessed are you. And this morning, Psalm 1, those two go together, don't they? Blessed are you. And you can already see the theme of our service this morning. Blessed are you who mourn. Blessed are you who hunger for righteousness. Blessed are you who meditate on the word of God. And if you go home, if you go home this morning, utterly convicted of your blessed state in Christ, then, then we have done our job. I want to read for you Psalm 1 and ask for your permission to be just as black and white with you this morning as the psalmist, which is very black and white. So here we go. This is Psalm 1. We're on page 10. If you're at home, pull out your Bibles. We're going to be going through this thing. And I hope to suss out for you and help you to see what this psalm means for us. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This is, this is God's word for us. I was one of those people, what was it, a couple of years ago, when The Mandalorian came out on Disney+. Plus. Maybe you watched it or at least seen clips of it. And I was one of those people who kind of got carried away with the, the Mandalorian. And for a brief moment, our family actually stopped watching Bluey, and we love Bluey. <laughs> and we started to watch the Mandalorian. And we were sort of kind of all in agreement about this. This was a this was a good show to watch. And I'm not I'm not really sure why we all agreed about it. Maybe, maybe it was because baby Yoda was so cute and so amazing, or maybe, maybe it's the Mandalorian himself and his, his way of living. He, he had this, this, this code of conduct that the, that the Mandalorians had given him a way of living where he wouldn't even take off his helmet. He wouldn't allow anyone to see what he actually looked like. And he had this phrase that he would always say. And I can't say it like the Mandalorian did, but the Mandalorian would say, this is the way. <laughs> and I love that. In fact, 
I would go and drop it around little family conversations and we'd be, we'd be eating dinner. I'd say, this is the way. And apparently I, I said that so much that Felicity for Christmas this year, she got me a t-shirt that said the Dadalorian. And it said, it said, this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. That's a great way of introducing this song. This is the way. Look at all the words that talk about the way. But more than that, this is, this is a great way of introducing the whole book of Psalms. This is, this is the preeminent Psalm. This is the first Psalm, like, like the Ten Commandments. The first of the Ten Commandments says, you shall have no other gods. Why did he put that one first? Because it's the best one. It's the most important one. All of the other commandments flow from it. And so this is the way with Psalm 1. This is the way. And you might say it's, it's the theme of the psalm, but it also sets the direction for the entire book of Psalms. And it helps us to frame our life in this way, that that life is a journey. It's a journey. That's how we're to view it, according to the psalmist. And on this journey we have, the psalmist will talk about traveling companions. The psalmist will talk about how companions could be, can be wicked or righteous. A huge contrast between the two, he says... He talks, about, he talks about final destinations. He's got one way that leads to utter destruction. He's got another that leads to Eden. Where leaves do not wither. Final destinations. And what the psalmist is saying, and he's trying to impress on us, is that this is the blessed way. He insists on it, and I insist with him. And the first thing that, that, that he insists on in this blessed way is that, that we would not have certain kinds of companions, certain kinds of, of traveling compañeros, we might say. Look what he says. A blessed one is one who does not walk in the step of the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. Psalmist, it, it, it's, it's an incredible psalm. He's, he's inviting us into a world that is black and white. He's inviting us into a world that is bipolar. He is inviting us into a world that is absolutely binary. There are righteous people and there are wicked people. And there is no in-between, not any in-between whatsoever. And he says, because I think he's concerned, be careful. Be so careful who you travel with along this journey of life. He's concerned, we might say, to give it a couple of big words. He's, he's concerned about socialization and also 
desensitization. I think the adults in this room know what I mean. Socialization and desensitization. So it works like this, that there's this blessed woman, and she's walking along the blessed path, and she runs into a wicked person. This is how the psalmist is imagining it. And they walk in step for a little ways down the path, and she takes counsel from the wicked person. But then she continues along her way, and nothing good or bad still happens. But then as verse 1 continues, this time the blessed woman is walking along the blessed path, and instead of walking along the path a little way and taking a little bit of counsel, this time she stops and pauses. And she stands there. That's what the psalmist says. The psalmist says, stand in the way of sinners. So not just walking by, but now she's standing there. Still no harm done. (laughs) She continues on her life in the blessed path, but a third time she walks by, and this time she sits. What what happened? Isn't it it like the, the, the perverse? proverbial boiled frog. You know what they say about the boiled frog? Like you turn up the heat just a little bit at a time and all of a sudden the the frog doesn't even notice it, but the frog's being boiled. Or this is like the proverbial um, cooked goose where the the goose doesn't even recognize that it's being cooked, but sure enough. And all of a sudden without her even noticing it, she's sitting there and you can hear the cackles late at night. She's sitting around the fire drinking beer and making fun of all the stupid people. That's what happens. Socialization and desensitization. The psalmist desperately wants to wake you up if you need to be waked up. He does. I had one of those parental wake-up moments, and I think I told some of you this story, but it was a few months ago, and we were... We, we did the bad parenting thing, and we, we let them watch Amazon Prime, like the kid, the kid version of it, and it was up on the TV so we could talk about some things. And all of a sudden, a man and I turn over and we see what's on the TV. I don't even know what show it was, but there was two dinosaur dads, and we're like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe they have, you know, different children. But then we figured it out that... One of the kids on the show had two dinosaur dads. Oh, this was supposed to be a show for little kids. We immediately turned it off. We had to have a conversation. You see, like what the culture is trying to do right now, it's trying to normalize sin. To, to try to get us used to just to sitting with it and even mocking the stupid people who still believe that there's a, such a thing as right and wrong and wickedness and righteousness. You see that? Desensitization. But it's not just that. Like Christians today, Christians today will watch shows that even 10 years ago or 25 years ago, another Christian would look at that and say, that's soft pornography. What happened? That, that we've kind of leaned into the sexualization of our culture today. We, like, 
we take counsel, then we stand with them, and then pretty soon we're just sitting there. It's not just the sexualization of our culture, though, that we can give into. It's the comedy. I, I, I found it interesting. I read an article uh, after Norm McDonald died. Remember him? He's this comedian that was on Saturday Night Live. And he had this quote as I, as I read his obituary. I know I do weird things like that. I read obituaries. But he said this about comedians today. And I'm going to connect this to Psalm 1 in just a second. He said, making people laugh is a gift. Preaching to them is not a gift. There are people who can do that better. Preachers. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> like, his, his problem with comedians today is they want to become the new preachers of morality. But the problem is they don't know how to handle law and gospel. They don't know law and they don't know how to preach Jesus Christ crucified for sinners. And Norman McDonald was simply pointing that out. And the point is that a lot of times we think that the wicked people are the people walking around with guns in their hands and with, with knives, and we're going to be able to identify the wicked people so easily that way for their violence. But understand this. What is the defining characteristic of the wicked people in Psalm 1? What is it? They sit around and make fun of people. They sit in the company of mockers and making personal attacks on all the people who are less righteous than them. Mm. I'm not saying that all comedy is bad. I'm really not. Like America's funniest home videos really are funny. But the psalmist is begging you to ask the question, what comedy is good and what comedy is just people sitting around scoffing with the wicked people? Have we become desensitized and socialized by everything that's going on that we can't even recognize it anymore? I'm just asking you to answer the question. Perhaps all of us need this wake-up call to be invited into this world of the psalmist, this black and white world, and to see, have I become, has sin become normalized to me and desensitized to it? The Apostle Paul said this in the New Testament. Do not be misled. Bad company. You can probably finish it. Bad company corrupts good character. Matters. Matters. The people that we travel with absolutely matters. Now the psalmist, he doesn't, he doesn't stop there. And I don't want to, I don't want to say amen, which is that. That that is a that is a pretty black and white world right there. Um, the, the psalmist continues and he says, avoid, avoid wicked people and bad influence, and then he points us to the kind of community he wants us to be in. 
One of the things that the psalm is trying to do is trying to show us that we need to congregate. There's all kinds of language in here about that. There's assemblies, there's, there's congregations, there's people dispersing, there's people coming together. And the psalmist wants us to know that congregating matters. In fact, and look at verse 5, there actually is a congregation. Look at what it says. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment or sinners in the assembly. The assembly of the righteous. So these are people that, that, are, that are getting together as righteous people. Not self-righteous people, but people who are righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. People who realize that they need the saving work of Jesus. People who are getting together around the Word of God. The psalmist, this is how the book of Psalms starts, with, with recognizing that we all congregate and we need to pick the right congregation. He's saying that. He's making that point utterly obvious. So what we want to do is look around, according to the psalmist, is look around and find the people, the congregation, who delights in God's work. We want to look around. Where, where can I find a group of people who, when they get together, they can't think of anything better to do than to open up the Bible and, and preach it and study it. This is a group of people whom God elected, whom God has planted next to streams of water, and they just, they just soak in it. These are people who go to church, who, who, say, who, who delight in hearing the message that Jesus Christ, our Lord, has forgiven every single one of our sins. And in His name, He offers us the water of life. These are people who, who can't get through a single week without thinking, I need to be in the Word of God because without it, I crinkle up and die. But with it, I'm like that leaf that never dies. Because there is so much life in Jesus' name. Now, where would, that, where would that group of people be? Perhaps we have to realize just how important it is to congregate for our spiritual life. I read a stat um, that an outside group did in, a, in another Christian congregation. And they asked the Christian congregation, this question, it was a survey question. They, they had to respond to it whether it was true, true or false. Is it, it is essential for a person's spiritual life to attend church. It is essential for a person's spiritual life to attend church. And this Christian congregation responded by saying, Half thought it was essential, and half didn't. This is before the pandemic, too, by the way. Half. And I thought, wow. <laughs> if someone has anything to say about that, it would say, if you think church and congregating and assembly doesn't matter, 
read the Bible again. And look, this is, I told you I was coming at you today. The pandemic has changed attitudes even further, I think. And we as Lutherans, we as Lutherans should get this better than anybody else. Don't you think that's true? Like we believe in the real presence, not, not virtual presence, the real presence. We, 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 as Luther, we believe in the incarnation where God came down and became one with us. He didn't stay just a little bit away. Like he became, he came down and became one with us. And look, I get it. Everyone who's listening online, I get it. That there's a pandemic going on and each Christian with their own conscience has to get quiet with God and say, you know what, God, I don't want to risk anyone, others, anyone else's health or my own. I get that. But each Christian also has to get quiet with themselves and say, at what point, at what point am I going to say, I'm going back to church? Because we're never getting to COVID zero. Can I just say that out loud? And it matters that we need to be in church. Psalm 1, this, this, this is a wake-up call and He is coming at you. What if, what if we all decided, what if we all decided for a second that we were, we were going to go to church and we were going to listen to the Word of God as if our life depended on it? That we would die without it. That we would listen to the Word of God as if our lives depended on it because they do. Doesn't he say that? Like there's two final destinations. One, one leads to destruction. One to eternal life. It is so obvious which path leads to life. What if we went to church and, and we received the body and blood of the Lord as if our lives depended on it and we received life in Jesus' name, what have, we, what have we heard the minister say? All your sins are forgiven. Every single one of them, because of what Jesus has done. And we took that into our hearts as if our lives depended on it, and we rejoiced. Wouldn't those leaves just green right up again, and they would never wither? Isn't that true? I really believe that there's nothing more spiritually important than that. I, I started this sermon by talking about the Mandalorian and the Dadalorian. And um, maybe this morning, some of you might accuse me of being the Pastalorian. <laughs> I'd be okay with that, I guess. And I say what I say this morning with, with all love. Because I deeply love you, and I deeply want you to walk with me to those eternal mansions in, in Jesus' name. But mostly I just say it because, because this is the first of Psalms, <laughs> kind of like the first commandment, and because the psalmist insists on it. There's two ways. There's 
There's a way that leads to destruction, a way that leads to Eden. There's, there's two different kinds of travel companions. There's, there's wicked ones, and there's people who rejoice in the word of God. This is the way. This is the way. Amen. Amen.